your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. If we had it my way, this would be right before we have Wednesday off. Uh, as a society, we should be pushing for that. We have weekends. We should have week middle where we have Wednesday off. Just saying, like, we, we could start this. We could make a Facebook post, maybe get a group going, uh, push our legislature to, uh, you know, maybe that's the bill our state legislature should pass. All of Wisconsin has Wednesday off. It's part of the weekend. We work a little bit more Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, but we have Wednesday off. Uh, the state legislature hasn't passed a bill since April 16th. April 16th. Just just think about it. Uh, <laughs> that's I, I did the math. It's nine months and ten days. It's not that hard of math. In, in fact, I, I, didn't, I couldn't count the days because I don't want to count all the 30s and 31s. Um, and then especially after February, because you know our state legislature is not passing a bill in February either. Uh, then, then it'll be a 28. Or is it leap year? I don't know. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I have 94 tabs open, so and 95 now because I got to turn on the talk and text line. It's nice and handy. It's a little, it's a, it's a little website I can go to, so I can read the text. Um, so if you want to call in here, I will say I'm having a couple of people on today. I'm going to have Doug Happel, who's running for city council again. He's running. He's the incumbent, I guess we should say, for District 12. It's one of seven races for city council. I said I was going to have some city. I'm taking a break from mayors. I'm going city council members now. And, you know, when you think, okay, they represent a district, but right, they're voting on a lot of this. They're probably just as important as a mayor, right? They're voting on a lot of this stuff. There's just more of them, right? Uh, 13 of them, I think, but seven of them have races. Only one race is going uncontested right now, unless somebody's going to start a write-in campaign. I think that's District 7 um, Woodard. Chris Woodard, I think, is is who's running unopposed right now. Uh, lucky for him. Right? He doesn't have to do anything. But he better watch out. If somebody starts a write-in campaign, then um, uh, we've we've seen it before. <laughs> School board, we've seen it. We've seen the Onalaska mayor win a race with a write-in campaign because he forgot to do his paperwork properly or something. That was years ago. I forgot. I wasn't really paying attention a whole lot then. Like, what did the mayor do? Oh, paperwork something? That seems silly. He shouldn't be the mayor. That was my th- but the uh and then and then the uh on Alaska passed a, having a city administrator too, right right around that time, I think, as well. So maybe for 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 the better of everyone. And it's a it's talk that we have had here. Should the with uh, a new mayor, a rookie mayor gonna is is gonna be elected, right? We're gonna have a rookie mayor. They might not know all the ins and outs of running, doing the job, right? So should we have a city administrator? It's always funny, too, is is when, when you bring that topic up, it's like, oh, the city had a referendum and voted that down years ago. And it's like, yeah, that was years ago. Things change. Uh, everyone's opinion has changed probably in the last four years on stuff. And, uh, and when the mayor changes, I think maybe opinions really sway. We had a rookie mayor when Tim Cabot took office, so... And then uh, now he's leaving office. So should there be a city administrator? So what did I say? Doug Havel's coming on. Yeah, Doug's coming on at, at uh, six minutes here. We'll talk about that. I also want to talk to him a little bit about the Criminal Justice Management Council. Uh, they're, they're conducting a survey. And that survey is about, uh, I want to say, like a police oversight commission, like a maybe a citizen citizen oversight commission. 
where we can we can have Doug kind of explain uh, what what the police uh, police does now. Doug is the chair, I believe we call it the chair, maybe the president of the Police and Fire Commission. Um, but the Lacrosse Police Department did post this uh, the other day, and and others have posted it. And you should go seek it out and fill out the survey if you're affected by the Lacrosse Police Department, essentially. And and it, the the police department said uh, they're encouraging the community to participate in an online survey. The survey is specifically seeking input on the formation of a new citizens advisory board for all the Lacrosse County law enforcement agencies. This survey is being conducted by a subcommittee of the Lacrosse Criminal Justice Co- Management Council. Takes about five minutes. Survey ends. Uh, it's all done filling it out February 5th. So you got until February 5th to do it. But, you know, go seek it out. It's on the – you have to scroll down. But I, I would say if you just Google uh, Lacrosse County Criminal Justice Management Council citizen survey, something like that, you'll find it. I would say I'd throw a link up on the website, but I'm doing a talk show. Uh, but we could talk about it. Uh, it should be up tomorrow. It'll be on the, on the website. But if you want to fill it out now, I started to fill it out on the show one day, right before the show, and I was like, okay, well, it's, I'm not going to finish. Maybe it takes six minutes. Uh, 608-785-7914. Oh, Gary's, Gary's correcting me. He says the Doug Happel's running for, oh, what does he say, District 9? Why does he say that? Phil Ostrom is in District 9 right now. So I must have got that wrong. Is, is Chris Woodard running for District 9? I do have that bookmarked. Takes me one second because our internet's pretty fast here. Thanks, thanks, Gary, for for doing that. Yeah, Chris Woodard, District Nine. I don't know what I said before, but uh, running unopposed. So whoever's in District Nine and and was like, oh, this Chris Woodard guy, I'm gonna run a run a writing campaign. It's not out of the question that you could re- win with a writing campaign, especially for city council. I think the uh, not not a ton of people write. You just got to get your district to vote for you. Um, all right, so let's let's break here. Brad's got to do the news. Um. Trying to read a 10. Oh, yeah. So, again, I would vote for, for with my uh, Wednesday off idea. So, we only have to work two days a week, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's off, Thursday, Friday. Uh, this person texted in. I would vote for 410, so work four 10-hour days and have a three-day weekend. But would you vote for having this weekend day on Wednesday? It got me thinking about this. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but uh, I think uh, I think Shaw took Monday off. And I was like, you know what? It's a good idea. If you get to pick your days off. Because a lot of us have to, right, we have to burn our vacation, and you got to pick your days off. A lot of people pick Friday. Hey, three-day weekend, I'm picking Friday off. But if you think about the mentality of the work week, Friday's kind of the funnest day of the work week, right? Like, in, in a sense, because you're everyone's a little bit chipper, in a, in a little bit chippier mood, right? Chippier isn't good. Chippier sounds bad. Uh, and everyone's a little bit happier. Let's just go that way. And they're excited because the weekend is tomorrow. Well, you should you should re- keep your Fridays and take the Mondays off, right? The Mondays are the worst day of the week. It's Monday. I got a whole week of work to go. Uh, I don't feel like that on Mondays, but that's because the show is fun to do. Um, but but for for a lot of people, it's like the work week sucks. And if you take Monday off, then it sucks a little bit less because you don't have to work Monday. And you keep your Friday because everyone's happy on that day. That's my theory. But I'm saying Wednesday's off, middle of the work week. <laughs> it's my tangent. We're gonna get this get this thing started. Um, all right, Doug Happel's coming on. We talk a little bit about uh, running for city council against Keontae Turner. It's one of seven races. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to the Cross Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you want to text me, just text me. I know I'm getting a couple of texts here. Uh, 
Doug Happel is on the city council right now. He's the incumbent. He's he's running again now for District 12. He's on the phone with me now. How's it going, Doug? Pretty good. Thank you, Rick. What do you think of my idea of just making Wednesday part of like a – we have weekends. We need a week middle where we have Wednesdays off. Can we do that? We'll start in La Crosse and then push it out to Wisconsin <laughs> and then uh, worldwide. Probably not the worst idea in the world. You know? <laughs> I mean, we talk about. I, I think. I think. I think of some business have actually moved in that direction. <laughs> I mean, we talk about trying to get people to come live in the city. Uh, man, I think a lot of people would uh, apply for jobs in the city if they knew they had a three, essentially a three day off week. <laughs> you're probably right. I've got all kinds of ideas, Doug. Uh, what kind of <laughs> ideas do you have? Uh, moving. You're, you've been on the city council since 2011. Uh, right. You got any big plans for for you know? To, to 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 get the votes and 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 for the next what is it two years four years is it four well, years? well in this case it's four years yeah, yeah it's it's you know I, I think most people know me but but uh, it, we're it's going to be a real challenging financial time for the city for the next uh, few years uh, the, the pandemic obviously has not helped finances too much uh, we were able to get through the budget uh, for this coming year quite well and I think the mayor and the council and the, and the city staff deserve a lot of credit for that but uh, what, what, I, what we really have to focus on within, within the, the funds that we have are I, I think public safety is a, is a real key and probably quality of life you know and and uh, with, with respect to quality of life Rick that that, that comes into whether it's the library, the our park system, our streets are certainly, you know, you don't like that bumpy bumpy when you're driving your car down the street. But uh, public safety really comes comes into play there because if you if, if we don't have a safe community, the rest of the quality of life really does not uh, doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Quality of life, Doug. Three days off a week. Quality of life. I'm telling you. Well, there you. There's, how come you're not running for mayor? <laughs> I know, right? I don't live in town. Um, but I suppose wait, I could wait, move wait, here. Wait, wait, wait a minute! You don't live in La Crosse? I don't. I live. Uh, I live between Hoka and Houston. Why don't you live in La Crosse? I I would say that the when I looked for houses in La Crosse, I looked for one right under the bluff, right right by Bliss Road. So and I didn't even know. I just I was like, oh, this is a cool house. And later on, I'm like, oh, Bliss Road is right there. I could I could uh, go to the trails right there. But I think taxes no, 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 on there, that. There's, there's there's houses that are available in the district that I'm <laughs> representing, and we're not very far from the bluffs. So. But I think taxes. Uh, I think maybe I should be interviewing you rather than you me. <laughs> I think uh, the the house cost about 150 thousand, and I want to say taxes were like seven grand a year, Doug. So I was I like, know, no. I want to know how you're going to get out of this now, now that you don't live in La Crosse. Doug, taxes were seven grand a year. I think everybody, everybody that wants to talk about uh, who's going to run for mayor is how are we going to lower our property taxes, right? Okay, and let's 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 stay on that now. I think we got a we got a twofold interview going here. Okay, uh, see that that's that's one of the things that really comes into play is how do we how do how do we and we've done a pretty good job with uh, if I will say so in maintaining our tax rates. Uh, I think this past year is the first time they went up for quite some time, and it wasn't all that much. And that was again because of all the pandemic type things. Yeah. But but uh, see, I've always said with respect to taxes, you, you really it's almost impossible to cut taxes, but but you can hold taxes down, and by being very cautious with your spending, and as inflation goes up, in a essence, you've actually got a lower tax rate. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it, it's what what lacrosse really needs, and I, I don't mean to be picking on you, Rick. No, it's fine. But, but what lacrosse really, what lacrosse needs, we've had pretty quite a good development 
downtown and so forth. Uh, those things have helped, but we really need to have more people mm-hmm. because that's how you kind of kind of spreads things out and. Uh, you get more people by developments. I know the Kmart property has been a discussion along the way. I mean, I would have loved to have seen something that would have put some housing into that area. Uh, the mayor mentioned at his State of the City address uh, about a week or so back that about our boundary agreement with Shelby. We're really close to a boundary agreement, which essentially would transfer some uh, basically vacant land in Shelby into La Crosse. And Lacrosse, in return, would be providing some water services to Shelby. But from our perspective, if we get some vacant land that can develop into middle-income housing, now you get more people. And the more people you have, the more the, the, you can balance out your your tax rate. So, which would cause people like you, mm-hmm. perhaps, to to come into the city instead of instead of have to always worry about bad roads and and what gas prices are to drive in from. Uh, of course, Minnesota's on the edge of a foreign country anyway, but, <laughs> but, but to drive in from over there. So, so I don't mean to get in a two-way interview. No, it's fine. Here, but, I... but, but, you're, but you're, you're, prob- you're probably a classic case of one of the concerns that La Crosse has. Uh, we're, we're the hub of, of the area. There's, what's our population, 51, 2, 3,000, something like that. But at any given point in time... Probably three hours ago, there were probably eighty, ninety thousand people in the city. I did ask uh, Mayor Cabot because I'm doing mayor interviews, so I wanted I want to know the right questions to ask the mayor. And I, I had a question. I, I wrote out some questions. I sent them to Cabot, and he he corrected one of my questions. It was on taxes, and I the question now kind of turns into the tax rate from the city is about the same size as similar cities and has decreased since 2013 from twelve dollars and twenty five cents to. Ten dollars and sixty-two cents. So that's like we, the mayor. We, we, we brought it down, and 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 the mayor and the rest of the council and our, our finance staff deserve the great credit. I'm going to take a little bit here because I, I I'm usually the one when the budget process begins to put some directives out there for the mayor. One of which is uh, give us some options, but at least one option must be no tax rate increase, and they've done a pretty good job of that. And I I think this past year. Is is the only time we went up a little bit, and again that was a pandemic. But I I, I worry so much because there is so many of the people who live out here are uh, are, are retired, or maybe they're, they're, they're Social Security is their main source of income. And what did that go up this year? Twenty, thirty dollars, you know. So I mean that that gets eaten up real quickly. And 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 as you drive by the quick trips and and the gas stations, you see gas prices going up, and that gets eaten up real quickly. And yet you still got to balance it around because we we still have to pay for streets, parks, police department, fire department, all of, all of the things that the hub of the region must provide for. And to do that, you got to have more people. Well, and, you know, when you talk about police and fire, the 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 fire department is 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 in r- real deep into the works of uh, having new fire departments, right? Building new fire departments, right? And right. then the police and fire look like they're going to try to team up down the road here sometime and, and build like a. I call it a command center. I know we've talked about what you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Public safety center. It's been called. Those, those are. I was along on a committee. Actually, uh, Council Member Olson was on on it as well. That developed the plans for the fire stations. Our our, our newest fire station, I think, was 1965. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I, you you probably wouldn't be driving a 1965 car in from uh, Rushford. You know, so we we we, we need. To get some new things, uh, our our police department uh, 
is is very constrained down in city hall right now and uh, we, we these places need to have things uh, it, schools <laughs> and you know i was a school administrator for many many years mm-hmm. uh parents get concerned people get concerned if the schools are too old well my goodness our our police department and fire station facilities are extremely old I say put them in the Kmart, Doug. Just put the you guys can have. Well, a new... you know, I would that that probably is not the worst idea in the world, and un- unfortunately, that's private property. And and as the mayor said again about a week or so back, uh, I don't think the city's been tremendously pleased. And, and not not that the people who own it are not good people; they're strong contributors to the community. But uh, there perhaps is a better solution for that than, than than what's happening right now. Doug, I'm getting a text, and we're talking with Doug Happel. He's the incumbent in District 12 on the city council. He's running again against Keontae Turner. He's one of seven races. I'm getting a text here, Doug, that says, uh, you need to be reminded that there's a great deal of money spent on interest due to debt services, uh, borrowing money that the city doesn't have. I mean, is that a lot of the – does that come into play when we talk about taxes? Well, you're you're really dealing with a couple different budgets here. You've got the operating budget, uh, which is the primary thing that runs the city, and then you've got your debt service, which which we were doing with the Lacrosse Center. Actually, Lacrosse is not in the worst shape as far as debt service, and our our finance director Valerie Fensky could give you a whole lot more details than I can on that. But uh, with respect to the Lacrosse Center, that that's going to once completed, going to bring in money to the city. And sometimes, and I know I'm kind of conservative, but sometimes you got to spend money to make money, mm-hmm. and that and that's going to bring money into the city. Uh, we've got all of these hotels and so forth in the downtown area, which pay a room tax, which pay property tax to the city, and they've been struggling with the pandemic. And as the lacrosse center brings in the conventions and all of the things that that does, that and it brings in people who spend money in the restaurants and they go to Schmidt's and they go to and they go to Hungry Peddler and they go to all the places in the city, and 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 they they bring money into the city and that that along with needing more people <laughs> is is what makes a city vibrant. All right. So uh, another thing I wanted to talk about. You're you're the are you the president or the chair? I forgot. Now you chair, told me. chair chair is the actual. Title. Okay, you're the chair of the Police and Fire Commission. You've right. been on that uh, commission since 2007. Right. And I've only been chair. I, I was vice chair about two three years ago, and then Roger Plesher, who was doing an excellent job, left the commission, and I, I, I think seniority bumped me back up to be <laughs> being the chair. So. And th- and this isn't city council duty. This is a whole other job that you take. This, uh, this is completely completely different. The fact that I'm on the city council is coincidental. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I just Wisconsin wanted to... state statute is really pretty good. It try uh, you, you can you can question the state in many things, but their but their statute with respect to police and fire supervision is really good. They try to keep it out of politics, and so uh, in my case, I was on the commission before I ran for the city council. The only real control Rick, that the city council has over police and fire is monetary mm-hmm. uh, the, the city council controls the budget and how much and of course that's a big control you how many officers or firefighters you have depends on what your budget is but as far as the uh, the day-to-day operations of police and fire are the chiefs and the mayor and then if there is a disciplinary problem or a concern then it comes to the police and fire commission who basically set set the rules for how people are hired fired and uh, and promoted 
What would you say? Any idea? Police and fire, the budget within the city budget, is it a majority of the budget? Is it a pretty big chunk? Well, most, uh, the, the two largest portions of the city budget, the operating budget, mm-hmm. uh, are police and fire, which probably makes the most sense. And, and uh, I think, I believe we have 96 sworn police officers, and I think it's 94 uh, uh, sworn firefighters in, in the city. Uh, which is not overly large for uh, a city of well over 50,000. But uh, they, that's the greatest expense that we probably have. And if you sort that down, it doesn't mean we're overly flush with everything. Uh, I think at any given point in time, and Chief Gillian could tell you, but we probably have about 24, 25, 26 firefighters on duty at a time because you have, you have rotating shifts. Mm-hmm. And with respect to the police, we probably have at any given point in time uh, a, a similar number of police officers, although we've actually gone to 12-hour shifts, so we can have more people on the streets. But you probably have five to eight cars patrolling the whole city at any given point in time. So, so it's not like we are under a massive uh, presence uh, to provide public safety. I, I talked about this last week. We, uh, I think Rob Abraham brought up, at the Board of Public Works last Monday, uh, a whole a whole bunch of things to to that deal with parking, the Parking Commission. The, I don't know right. how much power the City Council has, but my idea for parking in the city is just to get rid of all paid parking, make parking free, make it a free for all throughout the town. Nobody gets, and then we can get well, rid of the parking. Here, here, here again, I'll give you a two way interview. Here. Okay. Uh, okay. The uh, and 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 what's parking is under the parking utility, which is technically a, a branch of the police department. Yep. Mo- most of the parking is not enforced by our sworn officers; it's by our civilian service employees yep. who work with the parking utility. Uh, and, and I was part of that whole discussion about whether you have the alternate side parking and so forth. But I, I, what, what's often missed, I think we have a city ordinance that a car is not supposed to be in the same spot for more than three days. Uh, now, actually, we, the, the alternate side parking, whatever you want to do, is when the snow comes in and you have to move them. Yeah. But I, I, can, still, I can still remember, and this is, these, are, these are the little things that a, a police department must deal with. I remember Ron Tisher, our former chief, mm-hmm. mentioning me one time, because I, I think we had a concern out here in my district, and we don't get too many with regard to parking, about a car that was in the same place forever. Yeah. And, and, it, was, and it was brought to the attention, and I remember Ron just telling me as an aside after they dealt with that, he said, sometimes uh, uh, people who are not supposed to have cars or have stolen cars, they hide them in, hide them in an open place. Sure. Just park it, park it on a public street. So, so the, the, these are the kinds of things <laughs> that your police departments have to have to be aware of that you and I would never think of. All right, so you're not you're so you're against my plan to just make parking free throughout the city. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, if, if you move into the city, we'll give it some consideration. We'll give it some consideration. All right. The last thing I want to talk about, just real quick, because I'm running out of time, or I'm out of time, but it's fine. Um, the Criminal Justice Management Council, I talked about this a little bit before, uh, earlier yeah. in the show. They're having a, 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 there's a survey out there, and it's a, a resident advisory board or a resident police oversight right. board. Basically, I, I a think citi- it, well, it's technically a county committee. Yep. Uh, so it's not really a city committee, although there's some city representatives on it. Uh, actually, one of our police and fire commission members, Nesha Nassif, who does a very nice job, is 
also a member of that, and she reports back monthly to the Police and Fire Commission. And we don't want to confuse things. that When they, when they talk an oversight board, I don't know if it's technically could I don't know that anyone can technically oversee police and fire other than what's provided in statute, which is the police and fire commission, the uh, and, and the and the mayor and so forth. But what they're looking at are ways to make uh, the public more aware of what police and fire can do, and to make uh, uh, people. No, sometimes people have problems with police and fire, and where, where do you go? Yeah, you know, you know. I mean, heck, if I don't like something you're saying on the radio, where do I go? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, and and, and and so they're working on things like that. And, and the, the, I, I actually took the survey. I, I I thought it was a reasonably well designed survey, and uh, in gathering information is never a bad thing. Now, when if I have a problem with the police, uh, maybe they harass me for something. Uh, I I have to file that complaint with the police. This would be a, a way to file that with somebody that's not. I feel well, like it, I, I don't think that decision has been made yet. Uh, because again, you can you kind of get into statute a little bit. Uh, it, it's like, I'll go back to my school days. Uh, if a person had a problem with uh, with a teacher and I was the principal, they'd bring it to me. If a person had a problem with a principal and I was the uh, as I was. Uh, Associate Superintendent of Human Resources, they'd bring it to me. Mm-hmm. There was a place you could bring it to uh, that would take care of it, and ultimately they could go to the school board. Well, where do we go if we have a problem with city police? You can bring a complaint directly to the chief or the shift commander. You can also bring a complaint to the Police and Fire Commission through the commission secretary. Uh, usually, usually it rotates its way back through the administrative thing, but ultimately... Uh, and this this happens very rarely, Rick. But ultimately, a a citizen could have their complaint heard by the commission itself, which 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 short of the court system has final say in these decisions. Uh, or uh, if a police officer feels that they are, or a firefighter feels that they are unfa- unfairly disciplined, and and there are cases where we have discipline, they can bring their appeals to the police and fire commission. Okay. So, but but with this uh, this oversight committee, this would be more of an external thing than than having it internally. It's done. external, but I, I think I think there may there, I think there's very likely some value to uh, to what they're looking at because the the more information people have, the more knowledge that's out there. Uh, frankly, the more transparency that there is, the better things go. Sure. All right, Doug Happel, he's running for city council. He's, he is the city councilman in District 12, but he's running for that seat again. He's and, been and, on the... and, and, Rick, you're moving into the city one. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. i got to get a raise, I think. i got to pay these, <laughs> I gotta pay these lacrosse <laughs> taxes. Right. Uh, thanks a lot, Doug. Yeah, you're welcome, Rick. Bye. Right, see ya. That's Doug Happel. He's running for uh, his seat in city council, District 12, just so everyone knows. He's been on that in that position since 2011, one of seven races. All right, way over time. We've got to get back. We're going to have Joe Heim on. We're going to talk about what the Wisconsin State Legislature is trying to do next. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Having a couple of conversations on text. Appreciate it. 608-785-7914 is that talk and text line. Joe Heim is on with me. I, I'm not going to be able to do it, but your former, I just say former, Joe, former UW lacrosse political science professor, retired now. Uh, how are you living life? Oh, pretty good. I've kind of hunkered down like a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, getting the heck out. All right. Before we get into what the what, Wisconsin State Legislature had to say, you listened to the Doug Happel interview. 
Uh, you're going to be better on taxes than I am. I'm still learning some of this stuff. But, uh, but, but, but what did you think of what Doug had to say? Well, I thought he's pretty good. By the way, he is—he's uh, got a very solid reputation, both in the council and, uh, as you may remember, he used to be on the the, uh, the school district. He was a financial guy, so having him on the city council is uh, a definite plus for the city. I'll just tell you that. Okay, he knows his stuff. And and you know, he's trying to get me to move to Lacrosse, and right away I go, man, the fi- if I pay, I pay like two grand in taxes on my two-acre house right now. I got two acres, and. Um, I think I would. I, I don't even want to know how much property taxes would be if I moved that whole house, that whole situation into Lacrosse. Yeah, the taxes here are. When I first moved to Lacrosse many years ago, the taxes were just slightly higher in Lacrosse. Over the years, they've expanded over time. <clears throat> now we're talking thousands of dollars difference between the same value of a house, uh, say in the suburbs versus the city. Uh, and a big part of that has to do with the fact that within the city, almost half the property is off the tax rolls. Churches, nonprofits, uh, other types of organizations that don't have to pay taxes, including some of the hospitals. Uh, so the effect is the burden of taxation uh, gets shoved onto other people, basically. You know, the people who are paying taxes. So that's uh, that's the real rub here. Now, I think over the last eight years, I will say that the current mayor has done a pretty good job of holding down taxes and not letting them expand much. But the fact is, they're still. You know, widely uh, higher than uh, you know, wildly higher than the uh, the suburbs around the area, and everybody knows that that looks at a house. How do we solve that? I mean, man, you say half the property isn't taxed. How do we solve that? Well, the uh, I'll, I'll give you. There's three different versions of it, but uh, the uh, uh, the mayors in La Crosse have always thought there should be some kind of revenue sharing. In other words, uh, the suburbs that uh, essentially work in La Crosse, shop in La Crosse, go to schools in La Crosse, or uh, anyway, they use lacrosse services in all sorts of ways. They should share some of their taxes with the city. That's the uh, the city's version of it. The fact is uh, that's, that's not likely going to happen. Nobody <laughs> wants to hand over money, uh, you know, to another entity. Basically, so that's the biggest problem. Uh, the other alternative would be to transfer more services to the county and let the county spread the cost of it across the entire uh, the entire area. For example, the airport. Is, uh, is run by the city of La Crosse, and uh, basically they bear the burden of that. It could easily be a county or a multi-county uh, airport. Anyway, that's just an example. Uh, but there are no easy solutions to it, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and we, we really, we're really taking a hit on the airport now with the firefighting foam, the PFAS foam, uh, you know, kind of ruining a lot of wells. And it looks like the city might be on the hook to pay for some of the, is it French Island or Campbell? One of those isn't part of the city, right? They might have to... To bring them into the city water system. Yeah, I think it's uh, Campbell. Uh, they've had problems in water for a long time out there. And the, the sad thing about that one, by the way, is that the federal government mandated mandated that this particular uh, ingredient, I don't know the title of it actually, they mandated that the airport use that particular ingredient as part of their firefighting. The city apparently dropped it a long time ago. So it's kind of, uh, you'd like to think you could blame the federal government for it, but... Uh, you know, people sue, figuring that they can no. get something out of it. Basically. Joe, we, we can't just blame the federal government. We need to know if it was a Republican or a Democrat. We have to know which side of the government we can blame. That's how <laughs> yeah. this works. Got to, got to point fingers, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so there, the, the other story kind of happened today in our state government, and I like to bring this up. I'm going to try to bring this up every day. And, I, and the, the reason I called you is I wanted just your, your expertise on this because I wasn't sure. Because the let's see, the Senate is trying to pass the Senate is trying to pass a resolution to get rid of the mask mandate, 
And then the assembly could take it up. And then I'm like, oh, if the Senate and the assembly pass something together, we haven't passed something together since April 16th. We haven't passed a bill of any kind. So would this end that run of April 16th of uh, passing a bill that that the you know the governor isn't going to sign this? So does it does it count essentially to can I not mention April 16th as the last time our state government uh, passed anything? Well, I, I will remind you that we do pay these people about fifty five thousand a year. They're a full time legislature, according to the the way they operate. And that's salary, right? That's not hour. They don't get paid by the hour, right? Nope, that's a straight salary. But <laughs> by the way, they do get money uh, per diem money if they're in, in session or they uh, they work. And they, they it, it, the rules, by the way, they decide whether they're working on state time or not. So yeah. They, uh, you know, if they have a committee meeting or some other type of uh, activity that's related to their job, uh, they can argue that it's uh, you know per, they should get per diem for that time. They get travel pay going down to Madison, so it's a uh, it's a tough job. Eh? They, uh, we actually, if you want to be a little cynical about it, we paid them fifty five thousand this last year to run for reelection. Yeah, essentially, you said it's a tough job. I don't, it, I don't know. I, I feel like the last nine months and ten days has been pretty easy. We don't have to do anything. We're gaveling in and out of three sessions in under a minute. Uh, we we did pass one bill of COVID legislation, which seemed like a good idea, and now we're fighting. You know what? Let's do an anti-COVID legislation. Let's get rid of the mask mandate. Well, when you uh, the legislature, by the way, is if I remember right, is around sixty to thirty-eight in the assembly. And I think it's 20 to 13 in the the uh, uh, Senate. And uh, basically, the, almost everybody got reelected. I think the Senate, uh, they actually picked up two Republican seats. And the Assembly, I think they lost two seats. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they've got large margins. And if you look at it, there are very few close elections. The result of that is, in my opinion, they have safe districts, and they can ignore the public opinion on things. You know, on this mass mandate, uh, the Wisconsin Medical Society, which represents most doctors in the state, they've uh, essentially opposed this idea of dropping the mandate. Well, if the legislature wants to pay attention to the doctors, they'll pay attention. Will they? That's a good question. It sure doesn't look like that. What do what doctors know about masks, Joe? If Robin Voss knows what's best for us. Well, he's a legislator. I guess he should know this stuff. <laughs> I, Rick, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a medical person, but I believe doctors, frankly. It's right. their field. If they're recommending something, and they've, that's the one thing, you know, over the over the nine months, the, the year almost, that we've been in this, uh, that's the one thing that's been pretty consistent. Yeah, I was being sarcastic, Joe. Uh, Joe, Himes, <laughs> Joe Himes on with us. So back to my original question. If if the legislature, the, the, the Republicans that control this, the Senate and the Assembly both pass this resolution, uh, we're essentially not going to have mass, but does it end the run from April 16th that, the, the, that we last passed a bill? I'll just say sort of. This is not a new law, a new statute. Uh, it's not going to go into the state books, but essentially it's just a resolution essentially telling the governor he can't do something. Yeah, because in my opinion, they have to pass something that Evers needs to either veto or sign. That's kind of that's kind of how I see things. And apparently we the Assembly has passed COVID, uh, a COVID bill again today, I think they were. And and so this is how I break, break it down. The Assembly passed... Uh, a COVID-19 bill last, two weeks ago, I believe, that the Republicans did. The Democrats also did, so there's two. The Senate then last week passed their own COVID bill, 29 to 2, that Governor Evers said he would sign. And then the Assembly went, no, we don't want to sign that. So uh, they they passed another bill. I think we're in Governor Evers has his own bill. So three Assembly bills, a Senate bill and a, a Governor Evers COVID. We have five bills floating around out there uh, with COVID-19 legislation 
and only the assembly is the one that that's that's ruining this the uh, the ability to end this run April sixteenth. Wouldn't you think they could sit down and come up with a compromise between the three of them? Well, if the assembly pass or the state the Senate passed something twenty nine to two, isn't that good? Twenty nine to two, holy cow! It's wrong, yeah. I, I mean, we've passed. We, there hasn't been a, a partisan. Uh, what is it? Bipartisan uh, bill passed like that? Probably. You know, I don't even know long how long. Time. You're right. Yeah, that's uh, that's an indication that the uh, the state senators who have a four year term, by the way, uh, they uh, they obviously have got together on something. They think it's pretty reasonable. It's a smaller version than what the. Uh, I think I shouldn't say a smaller version, but it's got elements in it that the governor said, "If this comes to me, I'll sign it." In other words, he'd be happy with it. But of course, that means it's got a death knell in the assembly. You can't let something happen that the governor is going to sign. My God! Yeah, I think the governor said that. You know, hey, I'll sign that. And then Robin Voss, I think, right after that, said to the Senate, "We can't be uh, bowing down to the governor like this and and you know negotiating essentially." And then after that, the assembly did uh, ha- they held uh, some kind of. Uh, like a a ceremony to congratulate Robin Voss on being the longest tenured speaker in the assembly ever. So that's that's the priorities of the assembly right now. I think with Republicans. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of sad, frankly, that they can't all work together. And as I said before, that's a lot of this has to do with their safety in their districts. If they win by big margins, they don't really have to worry too much about what the other side thinks. They don't have to worry what the governor thinks. They're already thinking about uh, Governor Evers running for election. You get the feeling that they're saying to themselves, let's not let anything get through here that's going to make the governor look good. All right, Whatever Joe. It is, you know, he's going to take advantage of it somehow and get reelected. Okay, Joe, people in the cross, we have, and I'll just say we have uh, Steve Doyle's a Democrat, Jill Billings here is a Democrat, uh, our governor's a Democrat. What do, like, who do we complain to? Like, hey, pass some bills. You're not doing anything. I've asked Lauren Oldenburg, who's the Republican just south of here, uh, in the assembly to come on the show twice. Uh, the first time the, the, his, his handler, I call it, uh, <laughs> just emailed me back and said, not at this time. That was right when stuff was, the Senate had passed their bill 29 to two. And then I emailed back, I go, Hey, anytime, what day do you want to come on the next day? And I just didn't get a reply. So apparently Lauren Oldenburg, a Republican doesn't want to come on the show. Um, but what can people in the lacrosse area do since we're mostly represented by Democrats, you can't go complain to Steve Doyle. He doesn't have any power to do anything. Well, at least you talk to your legislators let them know what you think about stuff. <clears throat> and I think, there, you know, the, there are interest groups that do have some influence with the Republicans in the legislature. Uh, there are trade groups, basically, business people in general, uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, they can do things that have a broader interest rather than just, uh, you know, like a state assembly district, a state senate. By the way, we have legislators around here to the north and to the, the east, Nancy Vandermeer, for example, from Toma. Uh, she certainly pays attention to the media and lacrosse because it reaches well into her district. Her district goes uh, to Sparta, if I remember correctly. All right. Francesca, uh, to the north, I uh, believe, you know, that's the uh, Trempolo, uh, that, that's one of the counties anyway. You know, he pays attention, I would think, to the uh, the media and lacrosse. So whatever you can do to uh, to get their attention on something, I would encourage you to do it. All right. I reach south, so I'll go north and, and east maybe. That's what I'll try to do and see if we can get some of those people on. Hey, Joe, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on. One thing I want to tell you. Yeah. Thanks very much for you and Wisdom for doing these debates for the uh, the mayoral races and for uh, giving uh, uh, a, a time for, for uh, legislators and, and uh, particularly the people running for the city council. Because this is going to be a very difficult election, getting your word out. 
can't really go door-to-door to any great degree. So thanks very much to Wisdom for doing these debates. Yeah, if only they had a competent person on the radio to give good interviews, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Joe. Thank you. That was Joe Hahn, former UW lacrosse political science professor. We got the uh, the expert on to uh, to break it down a little bit. All right, one more quick break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks a lot to Doug Happel, city council member in District 12, for joining us earlier, and Joe Heim for coming on just before. If you want to listen to that interview, or I don't know why you would if you're already listening, but if you missed some of that, go back at wisdomnews.com slash podcast uh, if you want to just find the podcast link. Uh, Joe's, oh, Joe was calling in. Sounded weird. Um, all right, sorry, Joe. I guess you don't want to be on. Um, yeah, April 16th, the last time the uh, the state legislature passed the bill. I guess the mass mandate only half counts, according to Joe Heim. Um, oh, that's that's why that did that. All right, number three is calling in. Number three, go ahead. I heard you talking to Mr. Apple mm-hmm. about getting more people to move in the city of La Crosse. Yeah, apparently that's the only way to lower your taxes. Okay, here's a good question. How many people are employed by the city of La Crosse, and how many of those people live out of the city of La Crosse? 82, I think. No, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. That, there's another reason why we can't even get our city employees to live in La Crosse. The taxes are too high. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's clearly, uh, it's clearly a problem. So I, I have ideas. I, I just don't know if I want to give them out yet. I'll wait till the next mayor, because I don't want the, the new mayor to use my ideas to get elected. In other words, say they're keeping the taxes of Millerate about the same. Well, one year they up my land, and then the following year they up my house. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. Just do it a little bit in in stages. So. Oh, you know, they 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 up the land ten thousand, and the taxes go up. I hear you. All right, I got a okay. I got a bail. Take, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I'll try. Thanks for the call. Um, all right, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up. I uh, appreciate those guys for coming on. Um, yeah, uh, and Joe Joe did bring up. Uh, I should have brought it up. We're ha- uh, mayor mayoral debate. We've got ten candidates running for mayor, right? So we're doing two two five people debates um, next Monday at six p.m. Right after the show, you can listen to the first debate, and then Tuesday, the next day at six p.m., we'll have the other five candidates. Uh, should be interesting, and you know, one of the good ways to get to know these mayors. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.